We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast. Of course, talking waiver wire pickups entering week three. Obviously, big news happened on Monday Night Football across both games. Obviously, the one is uh, drawing plenty of attention, but both to address. We'll talk about some receivers, too. Maybe somebody in Detroit that might have some uh, interesting fantasy upside as well. We're going to get to all that and more. I want to hit the music first, though. Again, welcome everyone to the Tuesday edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast. I'm Joe Barley. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports on Twitter. You can follow Jake at RotoJake if you're watching live. Kudos. I imagine, Jake, this is going to be one of our most listened podcasts of the season. I think this is going to be one of the most viewed podcasts if you're watching it live as well because of the news that happened on Monday Night Football. Uh, the mm-hmm. grossness that happened yeah. with it and everything else. I promise we're going to get to that. Uh, yep. We're going to do something we've never done before since we've been doing the podcast and the waiver wire show specifically over the past four years, but we should talk a little bit about the games themselves. They are a bit of a stinker. Uh, you have it on the outline. Mm-hmm. I agree. A bit of a backdoor cover. I've been writing these, uh, I've been doing the spreads over unders for every single game. It's been pissing me off every single time <laughs> we get these over unders, but yet the saints win. And, uh, you had the Steelers mm-hmm. get carried by the defense. Once more, Kenny Pickett gets his first victory of the year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, first and foremost, if you're just tuning in here, uh, off the bat at the top of the hour, these are, there are game changing waiver wire pickups this week. There are guys that you will be dumping 80% or greater of your fab budget on there, guys, that you will be using your top waiver wire claim overall on here. So definitely stay tuned, and we'll go, we're going to go a little out of order to honor those positions. But, yeah, you're right. I got a chance to watch uh, pretty much most of these Monday night games. Uh, I, it wasn't the Saints' offensive explosion that I expected. Mm-hmm. Carolina actually played okay, and the score is a lot closer than this game actually was. Um, the Carolina offense couldn't really move the ball until kind of the end there, right, when uh, they had the Thielen double dip to uh, get within – three points and um and, and yeah i mean there's there's not a whole lot to say about that from a fantasy perspective but you know get, kind of getting into our waiver wire implications you have jamal williams leaving the game there with the hamstring injury uh so that's a potential i mean he wasn't exactly hasn't exactly been playing great 
hasn't right. exactly been killing it this season. But, uh, you know, so so what happens in his stead here, right? Taysom Hill had nine carries for 75 yards, and they recently added Tony Jones Jr. off the practice squad. He came through with two touchdowns, much to the dismay of Olave and, and Michael Thomas, uh, you know, managers here. So uh, uh, Kamara's still out another week, right? So that kind of muddies things a little bit, and we don't really quite know the status of Kendra Miller, but there are absolutely um, – there are absolutely uh, some some waiver wire implications here we're going to get to in this game. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, you look at the running backs that were injured. Jamal Williams probably isn't of name brand value. Saquon Barkley will factor in. We'll talk about Matt Breed and the Giants in a little while, too. And obviously Nick Chubb and his gruesome injury. Mm-hmm. There's some big names. And we're not even factoring Moss Neckler and J.K. Dobbins from week one, too. Uh, Kenny Gamel was a top waiver wire pickup for us last week. Well, he didn't end up playing Thursday. There's There's a lot. Uh, of running back injuries. I acknowledge mm-hmm. that. I think we are, you and I are both uh, really aware of it. We are doing the show on Tuesday. We are working with the information that we have at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now the Browns starting running back is Jerome Ford. For example, right now, we don't know if Kendra Miller is playing for the saints or if Jamal Williams is. So Tony Jones who played last night would be the guy. There is Kareem hunt. There is Leonard Fournette on for agency. Cam Akers has been rumored to be traded to a number of different teams. He fell out of favor again uh, with Sean McVay and the Rams. There's there's a lot of different possibilities. We are going to yep. do our best to tackle all of them. I'm going to talk about how I'm grappling with the high-stakes leagues and even the friends and family leagues, too. There There is not a league that will not be impacted, any kind of format that will be impacted, that won't Absolutely. be impacted. This is, this is yeah, going is, to be one mm-hmm. of those where – Everyone listening can find a situation or reason to roster at least yeah. one of these guys. Making the right call this week is going to decide whether your team makes the playoffs or not in a lot of leagues. Yeah. There's, uh, no, there's no question about it. I'm right there with you. So I, I guess just jumping right back to the Monday Night Football game real quick before mm-hmm. we discuss the injuries that occurred for those, I I just don't think Kenny Pickett's it. I mean, I, I, I think – so I, I posed this question to some friends, and I'm curious, Jake. If you have a team and the offense corner is Matt Canada – Defensive coordinator is Joe Barry. Special teams coordinator, you can get a Joe Judge in there. And the GM is Bill O'Brien. How many offensive touchdowns a week does that team score? Because I think it's like over under one. That Matt Canada is the Joe Barry equivalent to offensive coordinators. That guy is awful. But I think Kenny Pickett is yeah. also bad. And if it weren't mm-hmm. for a 73-yard slant play, the Steelers would have lost to a Deshaun exactly. Watson dysfunctional Browns offense. I mean, that's saying yeah. something. And that and that 73-yard slant play did help me win <laughs> one of my well, fantasy you, matchups here. So, you know, we got that. So, I mean, there was a lot of – we talked last week about Allen Robinson, Calvin Austin, right? Ended up being pretty much non-factors. Uh, three and four targets, respectively. Twelve and ten receiving yards, respectively. It really is all pickings. And then also, surprisingly, all Jalen Warren, right? Because Najee Harris – I don't know if I'm I'm ready. You can't you can't sell Najee Harris right now, but he is very very difficult to be trotting out there week after week. Now, granted, they started with some of the two better defenses um, yeah. in the league. I think this Cleveland Browns defense is excellent, and I think it was odd because after the Chubb injury here, which is the main focus of this podcast, the Browns go from minus two thirty to minus one forty five to make the playoffs. So they're still technically considered they're going to make the playoffs despite what looks to me like still pretty shaky quarterback play from Deshaun Watson. It's not quite, oh, yeah. he doesn't quite have it yet, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I'm not sure that I'm not sure that he will, but um, they're definitely in a, in a, they have a defense and they have enough pieces that they could go out and try to pick up a running back here um, potentially to make a playoff run here. But if they don't, there's one clear cut top pickup for the week. Yeah, Brooks Durham had mentioned, uh, do you sell high and swift? What are some trade targets at running back for him? I'm not sure it, it's a swift question. We could answer that a little bit later in the show. I would be trying to trade for Jalen Warren because I think there's a point now 
with the Steelers, especially if they start to lose a few more games. You can't blame Kenny Pickett, right? The organization yep. takes an overall L. Maybe you say, hey, the Stanja Harris guy really isn't doing it. Let's get Jalen more and more involved. <laughs> I was I was I was not confident he was a quality backup in the same way that Alexander Madison was to Delvin Cook in past years. Watching Monday Night's game, he's explosive and he runs tough. Like he runs what I feel like a Steeler mm-hmm. running back should run like. So I would be trying to see if I could get Jalen Warren for a flex wide receiver or even my running back too, because I think there's a point later in the season where he might be the starting back for the Steelers. Uh, and that doesn't even require Najee Harris to get injured, although we know he does often too. Mm-hmm. So just something to keep in mind. Let's talk about Jerome Ford uh, and the Browns running back situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I also should real quick say before we uh, move on to that, Jalen Warren's actually only rostered in 41% of Yahoo leagues right oh, now. He could oh, have probably okay. made our list as well. So I wanted to, uh, I just thought I'd double check on that just to see what the availability was like. But uh, he's up there, maybe not quite in a Kyron Williams situation, but um, could might be not too far away from it. Okay, and that's 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 good information. So I want to preface before we talk about Jerome Ford that you and I, but mainly me, uh, you could quote whatever play you want from that. I, that's a if you if you listen to musicals like I do, there, there's there's a line for that. Um, you and I, but mainly me, got Puka Nakua's uh, got his uh, fab number wrong. I was saying around 28 to 32% last week. That's that's the highest I would go to. Well, I watched in your stake league, and I watched in my stake league. Puka Nakua went for $80 out of a $100 budget and 66 yep. in a different one. In the I NFC, think our leagues he went are, for 350 out of 1000 yeah. I think stake league in those types of leagues are slight anomalies because they're 14 teams and people want to get their guy first because – the hype wasn't too crazy in some of my more like I have some leagues that aren't industry leagues, but guys that I still consider pretty sharp. Mm. And I had I you know I wasn't ready to commit and go all in. I think I had a twelve dollar keep him on a spit out on Puka. He only went for like twenty seven in those leagues. So okay. some of these sometimes you know we kind of have to keep in mind that the, the average listener in some of these industry leagues operate a little bit differently. And where if you if you want to get your guy, you go Good. and get him. You know exactly. So I think we weren't that far off. Now, obviously, if he's still out there, which he is in maybe, I don't know, 25 30% of leagues, it's still possible because he's a roster and a 10-teamer now, right? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Well, but I was, I was prefacing, prefacing this by saying you need to know what your league is like and what your needs and your roster are, and I'm sure we're going to have questions throughout the show. Hey, I got X, Y, and Z running backs right now that are still alive. What do I do with Jerome Ford? Um, but we might we might give a number that's lower than what actually makes sense for your roster. I have heard already here at the office, hey, I'm going to go 80% of my fab budget on Jerome Ford. I have to, right? And I think that's reasonable. If you're a Nick Chubb owner, then yes, absolutely. You definitely have to. You know, I was asking um, – I got asked a question this morning from, from a close friend, like, okay, Chubb's out. How much do I have to bid in a $200 budget? I was like – I mean, my first call was forty to sixty percent, but it's like, wait a minute, if you have if you higher. have Chubb, you, it's got to be higher. Yeah. So, um, again, you got to you got to kind of test the waters and smell out the league. But this will be an eighty percent bid, probably. So, so we're doing this on a Tuesday. It's entirely possible, especially as the Browns kind of try to figure out what to do post Nick Chubb injury, that they re-sign Kareem Hunt. Uh, obviously, he has experience with the Cleveland offense. He was with Kevin Stefanski last year. This this shouldn't be a surprise for Kareem Hunt to rejoin Cleveland. However. My argument has been, and it still continues to be, the the concern about what happens if Nick Chubb gets injured has been there since week one of the preseason. I mean, and, and the Browns really didn't seem too eager to change that. They could have signed Kareem Hunt at any point. In fact, they would have probably gone from che- for cheaper if they chose to reset him in week two or three. Jerome Ford left week two of the preseason with a hamstring injury. 
They traded for Pierre Strong for the Patriots. That was it. I foolishly cut Jerome Ford uh, pre-week one in the Beat Joe Bartle online championship. Didn't get him back in week two. Definitely pissed about that now. But I'm just saying like, the Browns have had opportunities to bring back Kareem Hunt, and it would have made sense. Just because Nick Chubb is mm-hmm. out, I don't think it's that obvious of a one-for-one. Exactly. One. I really don't. Yeah, no, you you're, you nailed it nailed it right in the head there. If uh, if they really wanted to bring him back, it would have happened already. You know or I mean? if they were concerned about this scenario, exactly. they would have already done it. Now, Kareem Chubb, Kareem, oh my God, Kareem Chubb, Kareem Hunt <laughs> is going to be more expensive, at least in his estimation. And then there's the fact that I don't even think it's the Kareem Hunt of the Kansas City Chiefs. Like this isn't this isn't the same player that he had been, where he was a yep. flex play darling, especially PPR leagues. Certainly with the Chiefs, but past years with the Browns, too. I think this guy yeah. has lost a step from a running perspective. And this offense with Deshaun Watson is not involving the check down passes nearly as much as it did with Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield. Like, I just kind of wonder, everyone just assumes Hunt's going to return back to Cleveland. He might, yes. but I don't think it's inobvious that he's even the starter. For yes, I know. I 100% agree. And I, I, if I knew, let's say middle of this show, Kareem Hunt gets signed, right? Uh, what happens? Do we? How much lower than eighty percent do we go for Ford? And I don't think. I think you're right. I think it's not that much because uh, I still think uh, Ford. I mean, Ford did not look bad. He had one nope. very nice explosive sixty-nine yard run. Uh, that's definitely what you want to see, especially against a tough defense like this. You know, finished with sixteen carries for one hundred six yards, and then uh, couldn't quite finish and score on the sixty-nine yard run. And then Pierre Strong came in and got the touchdown there. But you know, after Nick Chubb left the game, two carries for Strong, sixteen for Ford. Um, it's a pretty clear distribution here, and we already saw him pass the eye test here. You know, a fifth-round pick. Um, uh, well, I'll, I'll give you something real quick because it wasn't mm-hmm. just that 69-yard run, which was kind of fluky, right? He runs to the left, kind of bounces to the left, gets uh, yep. runs to the right, gets a bounce to the left, and then is gone. That shows his speed. That's great. We knew that from college. There was a run, I think it was either the third or fourth quarter, where he, he gets contact about five yards in and pushes forward for another five yards. And I'm like, oh, man. He's pretty strong. And then I think you can, you have the stats right now pulled up. Jake, you can tell me if I'm wrong. He yeah. had two catches for 30 yards or something to that effect. Like he was a, rec- a recipient as well, too. Three out of the back. four targets. Yeah. Four targets. So I, I really. Oh, and I, I'm, a receiving touchdown, too. I missed that. <laughs> yeah. I think Jerome Ford is going to be a completely capable guy. However, the Browns probably need another backup, right? If, if, mm-hmm. if your concern was Nick Chubb goes down, oh, well, we have Jerome Ford, it'll be okay. Well, the same issue presents, especially knowing Ford had the hamstring injury exactly. uh, in preseason. I don't know if it's Pierre Strong. I know he got the touchdown. Um, I think that was more that they had no other bodies at running back. Mm-hmm. Dearness Johnson's yeah, with Jacksonville. Ford, Ford like, exhausted from a 69-yard run. Let's get Strong to finish. Let's go ahead and put Pierre that's Strong That's exactly in what it was. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I, I'm pretty convinced the, the Browns are going to get a guy. I don't think it's Kareem Hunt, and I don't think it's Cam Akers, mm-hmm. who is a very popular name right now after Kyron Williams. We'll talk about him a little bit later on, a wave wire pickup that we called correctly at the two touchdowns for the Rams, ends up looking at the star running back. We've done this song and dance with Cam Akers now for a full year of, oh, Sean McVay actually hates him, uh, doesn't like his family or something. I have no idea. Let's go ahead and trade him. Oh, we can't find a trade partner. Okay, week nine, let's go to Cam Akers. You can run the ball again. I I don't know if there's trade interest. There's been reportedly uh, the Ravens, Raiders, and Browns have all reached out to the Rams to see if they could acquire acres. I, I'm not buying it. 
uh, I, I'm really not buying it, and I don't think that guy is all that good either. I don't know if it's post injury or mm-hmm. he just all it wasn't all that effective to begin yeah. with. But I don't I mean, think that's, that's the, that's the agent's right. job, right? To strum up some some team interest or the Rams. Or, yes, or or the Rams exactly. Yeah, you're right to make a, to create some kind of demand here. So here's the interesting thing with Ford though that I want to discuss. Um, Kyron Williams was 63% rostered, right? Uh, Zach Moss just missed our threshold at 54%. Gus Edwards missed our threshold quite quite a bit at 65%. These are a lot of names that I see come up in a lot of waiver wire columns that aren't actually that helpful because they're unattainable in the great majority of leagues, at least the leagues where people are paying attention here. Where does Ford fit fit into that mix? Like, say you have the top pickup and Kyron Williams is still available. Do you take Kyron Williams before Ford? Because I think you... I, I, I it's would. It's very, very, very close. I, yes, I, I do agree that Kyrie, yeah, that Kyron Williams. Uh, I mean, you have an RB one on, a, on a team that looks a lot better than, than than what we think here. So I just wanted to to stack Jerome Ford up with these other, you know, these guys that are both looking like, uh, you know, they could have. We're operating with knowledge that we have Tuesday, and I think we know Kyron Williams is the guaranteed starter, will be a pass-catching threat for the Rams. We know that today, Tuesday, as Mm -hmm. we're in the podcast. We can't confirm, even though if you and I both have that intuition, we can't confirm that's the case for Jerome Ford, so I would have Kyron Williams higher. But to your point, when it comes to a fab budget, Kyron Williams, only available in 37% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, Jerome Ford, probably widely available in those Uh, yeah, he's only 17% rostered, and exactly. I guarantee you that number is because of uh, a lot of first come, first serve. So I will be, I will be putting uh, about 40% of my budget in leagues where I, I'll put 35% of my budget in leagues where I don't need a starting running back. So it, it, like I'm operating yep. 35. That's to the keep them honest bid that is, you definitely want to be putting the, out yes. there. There's definitely somebody on your roster that is less useful than Jerome Ford right now. So that's your minimum keep them honest bid if you're an active smart engaged fantasy manager you, you start there and then we, we again we creep start that up if, at 35 percent. like mm-hmm. that's that's the crazy i'm starting at 35 percent for jerome ford i think that's that's kind yeah. of crazy to think well that's how confident i am that he is going to be the de facto guy with nick chubb done for the rest of the season mm-hmm. we've spent a lot of time talking about that monday Night football game i i think we do need to spend a little bit with tony jones and the saints as well because that's a troubling situation elvin Kamara will not be back for the packers game Oh, by the way, Packers run defense looks as bad as it has been for the past decade. Thanks, Joe Barry. Uh, Bijan Robinson, <laughs> Tyler Algier, Desmond Ritter, uh, all carved them up. I bet you I can take the over on Derek Carr's five rushing yards and quadruple that for a win, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know who's starting for the Saints. Kendrick Miller, third-round pick, has not been healthy, really, since the preseason. I know he was active, not really playing, doing some snaps. Jamal Williams gets banged up. It's entirely possible Jamal Williams isn't ready to go by Sunday. This is the perils of doing the show on Tuesday. We don't know this information beforehand. I think Tony Jones becomes one of the top pickups for a one-week scenario, which you probably have to deal with with all these running back injuries that mm-hmm. you could play him as a running back to your flex. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a guy like Tony Jones is uh, is absolutely playable. I mean, he actually had an equal amount of snaps as Adam Prentice, but that's the fullback, right? So he was really the only one to get running back action. Of course, that doesn't count Taysom Hill who uh, is not quite RB, RB eligible. I guess I, I think most leagues have him end eligible. I don't even know 100% because I stayed away from him. I, I don't like that gimmicky stuff that is uh, that is so volatile there. So, um, so yeah, Tony Jones is definitely in the mix. But, you know, the thing is, is uh, he probably ranks a little bit higher than a guy like Matt Breida, but only because of the matchup, right? You're talking uh, short-term guys because Matt Breida is the next guy I had in the list. At San Francisco, now granted, Kyron Williams just had a great game against San Francisco, top three or four running back overall against San Francisco. I don't think that's the norm, but uh, 
you have similar situations here because it's a guy with very short-term utility, right? Right, and it's interesting. We didn't even talk about the matchup with Jerome Ford, who was going against the Titans. The Titans held popular wave wear pickup Joshua Kelly with Eckler out mm-hmm. to, I think, only 39 yards and didn't get involved from a passing perspective. I- I'm picking up Jerome Ford with the assumption he's the starter year-round, and I'm not concerned about uh, him struggling against the Titans. I'm not concerned about Kyward Williams in, in those situations, too. I mm-hmm. would be about Matt Breida. Matt Breida is different. The Giants' offense is different uh, than whatever we were seeing with the Rams last week as well, too. Breida is electric, uh, but I think Gary Brightwell might get a few carries as well, too. I just, I mean, the spread is mm-hmm. 10 and a half points yeah. in favor of the Niners who are playing mm-hmm. at Candlestick. Like this, I also this saw some rumors hard. that Paris Campbell might get some running back touches. Yeah, well, they're going to get him killed then if that's the case. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation there. So, you know, I, you just throw it out there because, uh, you know, Saqu- Saquon managers kind of have to do the same thing as Chubb managers, except they can't, they can't look within their own team. You know, they have to look elsewhere because there's not an easy solution on the Giants for that. Breed is two percent rostered. You might even let him be able to slip through, uh, slip through waivers if you if if you uh, want in to shallow grab leagues. Him. Yeah, uh, I, I think you have to roster the guy who could get playing time at running back. It, it's just too it's too shallow of a position, especially with all the top end injuries. You, you're going to have to even in like 12 team leagues guaranteed, but some 10 team leagues, you might have to do that as well. I sooner think the Giants are a team that could acquire Cam Akers or sign Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt than the Browns. I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but Matt Breida is not the starting running back of a team if Saquon Barkley is out. That's just not what I think he can be over the totality of the season or three weeks, right? That's what this uh, normal ankle high sprain is. I they did yeah, they, they always go out of their way to say like regular or normal ankle sprain. It's not a high ankle sprain. Because <laughs> Don't worry, guys. He's, he's only out scared. one month. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, it's only three weeks instead of six. But uh, but it's interesting, too, because, I mean, this is the kind of thing that you need to take the time to fully recover from and uh, not get rushed back. And we'll see what the Giants look like in these next couple of weeks here. I was ready to write their whole season off after seeing them down like three scores to the freaking Cardinals. The Cardinals, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but uh, credit to them for coming back and uh, credit to Danny Dimes and company for uh, – completing the win here but yeah so they have a they have a very interesting backfield situation here and i guess you're right by default Breda is the guy but you can't have crazy high expectations so it's jerome ford is it tony jones over Breda or Breda over jones i would say tony jones but but you have to again this is the <laughs> i know t- I it's know. the tuesday show right yep. we don't know what's going to happen with jamal williams we don't know what's going to happen with Kendra Miller, you know, to yep. be honest, uh, over these uh, next couple of days here. So uh, it's very, very difficult to say. I, you know what? I'd actually I'd, I'd say go with Brita because we're talking about one-week situations here. But, man, you, you don't really feel that good about it. Well, and then I think you can even add uh, Craig Reynolds, who is possibly the starting running back for the Lions. I don't know what they're doing with Jameer Gibbs. We'll talk about that in a second. But David Montgomery was carted off uh, in their loss to the Seahawks was supposedly going to be out for multiple weeks. I think that either came from David Montgomery or a coaching staff alliance. And yeah, then they said, no, 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 actually, yeah. he's, he's, he's day-to-day. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, like great. within our same Rotowire update, <laughs> we have two people saying one guy says he's day-to-day, one guy says he's expected to be a couple of weeks. He got carted off the field, right? Right, so yes, was, yeah. yes, yes. So so I, w- I was in the car on the way to, on, on the way to uh, a show on Sunday night, watching Red Zone and getting all the notifications on my phone. I was like, oh, no, David Montgomery got carted off. And I was looking for it. I was looking for it on Twitter. I was like, this is... 
this isn't like nothing like the, you know what happened to Nick Chubb last last week, you know. Um, uh, so this is uh, he'll be back. You know, obviously I'm not going. I don't intend to. Uh, I intend to keep David Montgomery in my roster on, on the leagues that I have him because he was becoming a useful 10, 11 points oh, yeah. uh, every week here. Um, Craig uh, Netflix Reynolds, right? They call him that to, to separate because even I mixed him up with Josh Reynolds, a receiver. <laughs> we might talk about a little bit later, uh, but uh, but no, he could he kind of steps into that uh, uh, David Montgomery role, right? Because I think the Lions, you know, some people will say the Lions, you know, bitter fantasy managers, right, will say the Lions are underutilizing Jameer Gibbs. Um, I think real-life football people uh, probably are, are like, okay, they intend to be a playoff team and they don't want them to hit a rookie wall, right? So there's yep. 10 carries out there for someone who's not Jameer Gibbs because I don't think they're going to give him 25 touches in week two or in week three. That's just that's just not realistic, right? So, so you know, assuming – uh, you know, uh, Montgomery misses a couple weeks. Yeah, Craig Reynolds is, is definitely in play, and he's only rostered in thirteen percent of leagues. Like, I'm surprised it's that high. Yeah, if you put say say you say you you know really you're aggressive, but maybe not quite as eighty percent aggressive, and want to go sixty five percent aggressive of, of your fab on Jerome Ford. You know, Craig Reynolds is definitely one of those smaller backup bids you put in as a consolation prize, just so you have somebody to start this week in case. Because there's gonna, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's gonna be a lot of leagues where there's some guy in the league who lost Chubb. It knows they're not going to be active on waiver wire for much of the season anyway. Throws all of their remaining right. budget on a guy like Ford or a guy like Kyron Williams if he's available. Who did repeat? Uh, you know, with the questions here, Kyron Williams. We still rank him a little bit ahead. Um, you know, because of the solid, the, his role is so solid, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, guys like uh, you know Craig Reynolds, Tony Jones, Brita, like these are still guys you put in because listen, if you're a Fab or a, or a Chubb or a Barkley owner, you got to get something, somebody to start this week. And uh, those are guys that, that, that are at least startable. And they will have prominent roles, at least for week one. I like this question a bit, uh, and I'm showing it on the broadcast here. Y-O, or Yo, asks, Gainwell is coming off of injured reserve. He has to drop somebody. Does he drop Gainwell, Joshua Kelly, or Roshan Johnson? Roshan Johnson got a few more carries. Deonta Foreman was a healthy and active for the Bears this past week. In their loss to the Buccaneers, Joshua Kelly obviously starts with Eckler out, and we don't know Eckler's status as of right now. That's a tricky one because I think if you drop Roshan, you definitely risk him to being picked up by waivers. You can't really drop Joshua Kelly after starting uh, and possibly starting another week. And then there's Gainwell, who looked really good in week one and then obviously didn't play week two. Yeah. So I had to double check on Eckler, and right now there's no timeline, right? Because my first instinct was just Josh Kelly because, um, you know, he was he was there. He got bottled up so bad this week. And there's such Titans weird stats. Good. Yes, there's weird stats with Josh Kelly where – He's averaging less than five fantasy points a game in games that he plays that Eckler does not start. And that's, and that's weird. That's counterintuitive. So, like, yeah, you're thinking that. So, um, I agree. You probably want to keep Roshan. Um, Kelly was my first instinct, but this whole no timetable at all for, for Eckler uh, maybe swings it back in the direction of Gainwell. I mean, they've got the Vikings and the Raiders coming up who that's short why sample size, but, there's, but, there's a, but they're in the bottom ten uh, run defenses, you know, in the league here. And um, – God, it's tough to say, but how much of Gainwell's week one? You know, I know I drank that Kool-Aid. Definitely yeah, did. you did. <laughs> I definitely drank that Kool-Aid, and I think I wanted to self-speak it, you know, having rostering him in a dynasty league and wanting to get something out of him, right? So how much of his week one was because they knew they had to play a game in four days? You know, and, and they wanted right. to uh, and they wanted to kind of conserve DeAndre Swift to go out and did do what he did. Um, it's going to be messy all year long in the committee there, so... I think my answer is Roshan, and I, I recognize I, I, with Deonta Foreman healthy and active, Roshan has already clearly played as the number two. 
They play the Chiefs this week. There's blowout possibility. There's one of two teams favored by 13 points. The Bears are uh, on the opposite side mm-hmm. of that equation, and rightfully so against them. I, I think I drop Roshan and hope that I can pick him back up again. It's tough, though. I mean, I maybe look great, to trade. Yep. You look to trade one of them and, yeah. and maybe get a fringe receiver or mm-hmm. something like that effect. That's a yeah. really great question that I don't have a, a specific answer yeah. to. When so. I take a step back, um, you know, it's close enough where you're looking at all three of the offenses. you got the Philly offense. you got the Chargers offense. Those are two teams that can make it to the Super Bowl. And then the Bears offense that can make it to a top five pick in the NFL draft here, right? right. So I guess based on that logic and that Roshan's the clear RB2, um, you're probably right. I'm going to definitely agree with you there. But I've got a bunch of other drops here that, uh, you know, other league, other people can uh, definitely look at. I mean, Deontay Foreman, right? He's a drop. Yep. Can't really mess with him anymore. Uh, I have Rashad Penny on the drop list, right? Yep, because, uh, easy. There was a there was a game where so let's just recap here. Gainwell was out. Um, Boston Scott left the Thursday night football game with a with a concussion, and the only time Rashad Penny saw the field over DeAndre Swift was when Swift was like basically gassed and needed oxygen after just gashing that defense over and over again. So Penny, when Gainwell comes back, is uh, he has no spot being rostered um, in the league. Obviously Deontay Foreman, that's an easy one. Deion Jackson's an easy one. We didn't really talk a ton about Zach Moss last week. Um, because you know, you know, he was injured uh, before week one, yeah. and, and he knew he was going to come in. But uh, Deion Jackson, in his opportunity week one, did not look good. You know, he had the fumble; he wasn't really all that effective. And then this week, uh, Deion J- Zach Moss is out there for something like uh, almost a hundred percent of the running back snaps. I had it up here. Um, Ninety-eight percent of the overall snaps, Zach Moss was out there, right? Yeah. So uh, with that on there, Deion Jackson can definitely be cut. Um, I put the Tampa Bay backup Wilson Sean, on there. Sean Tucker or, or Tucker, Sean Wilson. Yeah. Sean Tucker, and I had said Chase that, Edmonds you know as well too. Head. That's okay. I, that was last week. Yeah, Chase both Edmonds. of those guys can be cut. Um, what are you doing with Cam Akers? You cut him in a ten-teamer? Yeah, I I am trying and hoping and willing, much like you were with Kenny Gamewell, that Akers does get traded. I don't think he does, but I I would immediately uh, once that news happens and you get one of your Adam Schefter phone alerts or sleep or whatever app you're using mm-hmm. cam makers was traded for a conditional seventh round pick hey guys who wants who wants cam makers that guy is awful i mean like i don't mm-hmm. like evidently he's a locker room cancer i have no idea if that's true but i watched him play now for that, the past but... year and a half he's not good he, he's yep. not good at the game of football mm-hmm. and i would try to capitalize however i could if i can't i will cut him and i think that's no. that's one of those danger zone players mm-hmm who is on your roster, taking up space, but not doing anything, and you can't get enough value for him ever. That's yep. that's how Cam Akers has been the past year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. I'm right with you there. And then you had a couple interesting cuts. I put Charbonnet on there last week. You did, and, and yeah. You weren't, I was adamant, don't sure do about it. That. Yeah, exactly. I, he was like, it was like, okay, he's one of those, like, uh, like I did with Penny, basically. Like, okay, I'm benching him for sure. But if there's nothing this week, uh, we're off here. And uh, and also, you know, I, I'm I'm sitting I actually I'm sitting on Chase Brown in a league as well. Yeah, it's sixteen teamers, so it's tough to cut because they're uh, you know these guys aren't available. I mean, Jerome Ford might be available, so of course that's an easy swap. So it's a, it's a hard question to ask yourself, and you could do this in a sixteen team, fourteen team, even twelve team, right? If you have Charbonnet or Chase Brown, you were never rostering them to be an impact right now, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that was never the goal. It was if Kenneth Walker or Joe Mixon went down, these guys would be clear starters and people that you'd have to do what we are doing with Jerome Ford right now. Oh, I got to spend 80% of my budget to get possibly the starting running back for the Browns. I I feel confident in Charbonnet's talent. Uh, and I looked at the list and I and it was really Jerome Ford or Charbonnet. And I, I said, I'm going to go with Charbonnet because I don't want to spend all of that fab. 
on a thing that's not sure. But also, with Chase Brown, it, it, like Trayvon Williams is playing more than him. And uh, yeah, Chris Evans kind of factoring in too. Like, I'm not convinced if Joe Mixon were to go down yeah. that Chase Brown is the guy. So that's where the cutoff is for me that I would drop Chase Brown for Matt Breida or Tony Jones yeah. uh, or any it, one of those like fringe guys, not just the Jerome Fords. Exactly. And if you really want to have the handcuff conversation, I put a couple guys on here. Ty Chandler from Minnesota is 5% rostered. There's got to be a chance that he's more explosive than Madison, right? Madison has just not looked all that impressive here, given this opportunity. Everyone assumed that the opportunity was there and he was going to be productive and used high draft capital on him. But Todd Chandler should get a chance sooner or later. And Tajay Spears is 17% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. He got eight carries for 49 yards last week. That's not nothing. That's standalone. It's desperation flex value when bye weeks come, but it's still value with the potential, um, you know, for... And what uh, he did in week one where he uh, got more snaps than Derrick Henry, almost caught that mm-hmm. touchdown, but Ryan Tannehill is so bad against the Saints. Yeah, No, Tajay Spears is a great one. I'm not yep. I'm not in on Ty Chandler. I think that guy is possibly one of the worst backup running backs in the league, and it just goes to show how bad the Vikings' overall situation is. But Ty, uh, Tajay Spears, I'm, I'm right there um, with you on that. So just to recap, put a bow on this, you're putting a 35 to 40% keep him honest bid on Jerome Minimum. Ford. If you are of the belief, like you and I are, Jake, if you, if that he he's needs, going to be yep. the starting running back for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Like if you think they're trading for Cam Akers or, owner. or Kareem Hunt, yep. fine. But I, I really truly believe Ford is going to be your starter for as long as he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they acquire Hunt or if they acquire Akers or something like that, it will be to back up Jerome Ford. So I'm minimum 35, 40%. Matt mm-hmm. Breida, Tony Jones. I think I'd have Breida over Jones. But Jones is certainly a pickable yep. up option. I don't know if that's and, a yep, word I just and, made. And then, yep, and then Craig Reynolds kind of gets in that same tier mix as well. Right. right. So like if it, basically if you're a Chubb or a Saquon owner, you, you look for Kyron Williams first, right? No doubt about that. Um you and then you then you look for Ford. And then you might as well check on Zach Moss and Gus Edwards, who are a little bit over our thresholds, but they're around. And then you think then after that, you put backup bids on the Brita, Craig, Jones tier. Right, because you still need a starter for this week, most likely. You know, yeah. unless you're lucky enough to have depth on your bench. If you were lucky enough to not get hit with a running back injury yet, but there's still dead weight on your roster, um, then maybe you start looking at adding, uh, you know, Tajay Spears because those guys, those handcuff type guys, are going to fly under the radar this week um, with the high, high profile running back names that are out there. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's the first time ever we've had major running back injuries before. We've had major injuries before, but never began the show. With the running back position, we normally go quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. We have mm-hmm. a system, Jake. It's been yeah, an effective d- system, but this is important, I thought. For Drop a comment if you want us to switch it up. You know, we're always down for <laughs> always feedback. Always target whatever one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Especially there's an easy transition from Monday Night Football into running backs. But we're right. definitely going to hit all the rest of the positions here for you soon. Yeah, let's uh, let's dive into those quarterbacks. Before we do so, we're going to get word from our sponsors, Blue Wire. And obviously, if you're watching, being a quick pause. Uh, but if you are listening, you know, a bit of ads in between here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back and uh, talking about the quarterback position. I mean, it's one of those that really hasn't been impacted too much. You had Aaron Rodgers uh, get injured and was already kind of a fringe starter anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're at the point of the season where super flex streaming QBs are really out there quite yet. Uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan Love, six touchdowns down the past two games, exactly. hasn't won over 200 passing yards or whatever it is, not, not too much further. But he is in consideration. My concern is Saints defense looking like it's it's vintage Saints defense, especially now that Marshawn mm. Lattimore yes. has been healthy. Yes, yeah, I agree. The Panthers struggle with them all night, and I think the Packers' offense is better than the Panthers, and I think that especially the case if they get Christian Watson back uh, this week, which it seems like it's the case. But, yeah, quarterbacks, part of the reason we bumped them down this week is because there are some guys that are in our threshold, but, I, you know, I looked across, you know, eight of my most important leagues, and I was like, you know, I'm not – I either have a, a upper-tier quarterback that I certainly wouldn't be dropping or – and they're not necessarily better than the leagues, the court, the backup quarterbacks that selected in the leagues where I did take a backup quarterback, right? So I threw down Derek Carr at forty percent at the Packers here because that Packers defense, as talented as they are, can still be got once in a while. And I think the Saints uh, are showing, even though um, you know they didn't light it up from a passing perspective on Monday night, I think they're showing that they have three solid wide receivers oh, yeah. that can go to. So Jair shutting down one of them is not going to hurt the uh, the uh, the Saints attack here. So Derek Carr, 40% at Green Bay if you find yourself in a pinch. Matthew Stafford has been surprisingly serviceable, and Cincinnati uh, hasn't looked exactly great. He's 30, Stafford's 35% rostered. Threw Desmond Ritter on there. I don't love that. He probably actually 
the next guy's going to the two quarterback leagues, right? Because is Josh Dobbs back on the market in two quarterback leagues? I've, I'm in a 12-team two quarterback league where Josh Dobbs is not rostered, right? So I threw that. I threw him in there. Uh, guys like Ritter and Stroud are rostered, you know, five and ten percent respectively. Stroud actually looked all right. He hasn't thrown an oh, yeah. interception yet. You know, he's uh, they're tailoring a game plan to him. He's got. Um, rapport with Tank Dell, who I guess we'll, well, and we'll Nico talk Collins about a little too. bit down the way. Yeah, of course, Nico Collins. You know, Nico Collins is looking like wide receiver one this season, right? He's what we wanted from Jamar Chase. But, uh, no, so, you know, moral of the story here is uh, we still like Jordan Love at 61%, but it's a tougher matchup this week. There are some streamers out there, but there aren't any easy drops at quarterback. Nobody got hurt. Nobody yep. has played poorly enough from that top tier that we actually want to dump already. So, uh, you know, the, the quarterbacks was just a uh, – a list of streamers you maybe consider some guys uh but yeah there's not much out there for you yeah and we're gonna get a lot of questions in the chat like uh let's do one for one trade in this case someone had said do you trade jamar chase for tony pollard i i was asking more details uh to get a firmer idea of the roster i don't need any more but, details i still take the chase side of that uh well i, I actually said pollard you you can look at the the like the roster mm-hmm. in there but that's not the point I'm, I'm mentioning this only because i think if you want to do one for one trades right now week two in the season it gets it just gets really tricky especially with all the running back injuries you have but the way i would operate with these i'm gonna throw in x quarterback and try to bump up a little bit more like it's almost mm-hmm. like the dwight Schrute. i'm gonna trade uh, a penny whatever it was and go ahead and have a car mm-hmm. by the end of the thing or i know that's they did that in the office but yeah the telescope and then he traded it for the magic beans that jim had yes thank you skills. jake you yeah. you clearly have uh your your peacock <laughs> subscription update on like mine but yeah that's mm-hmm. i i think there are ways to do that right now in the season to get just a little bit more get a little bit more assets get a bit more value and one for one trades are a little bit difficult to pull off at the moment the quarterback position is where i would be trying to one for one trade up and kirk cousins has been insane uh and obviously producing at the top three level right now vikings defense sure looks bad maybe you don't want to trade up from kirk cousins how about dak prescott though now, Michael Parsons going insane. Cowboys defense looking real good. The Dak doesn't have to do a whole lot. Like there's there's guys that would inch up. And if you're worried about Joe Burrow, for example, we didn't even talk about his injury, whether or not he plays. We won't know because that game is Monday. And again, we, we do this on Tuesday. Yeah, you're like frowning. Yeah, Joe Burrow Did actually I miss might. Joe Burrow injury. Yes, he he reaggravated the calf strain. Uh, I was and tuned in all Sunday until Sunday night football. That's the only game I missed. They're, they're, they're to go see the best band in the world, Goose. I got to give them a shout out. Yeah, they're being very. The Bengals are being very coy about what Burrow's status is going to be, and of course, he's part of the doubleheader next Monday as well, too. But I'm just point being, if you want to trade up a little bit, that might be the position in which you could do so. Because I'll feel confident acquiring Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, obviously Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. There might be ways to incrementally step up to get those players. Uh, I don't. We don't need to talk about Joe Burrow's one because you're not picking up the backup uh, for the Bengals if he doesn't play. And that's also why I'm a little bit more comfortable trading Jamar Chase Jake away. Browning. Okay, that's just throwing that out there because it is the quarterback. <laughs> quarterback backup for Joe Burrow. That's yeah. that's what his name is. He yeah. doesn't have Jake anything else. Browning. Jake Browning. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm not even are, bidding on him in Fishbowl where I don't have a, league, a quarterback to start after right. Rodgers and Lance are, are out of the picture for me. Do you, do you have anything else you want to talk about with quarterbacks? Nothing on quarterbacks. We can hit the app. Okay. Uh, let's get a word from our sponsors, Better Vision. I think we can all agree that fantasy sports is awesome. So is daily fantasy and sports betting. That's why we have so many accounts. What's not awesome, let's go into a bunch of different apps to find the best odds and manage all your fantasy lineups. Enter Better Vision. That's B-E-T-T-O-R. Vision. Better Vision is the only app that syncs all of your fantasy, DFS, and sportsbook accounts in one place they only show you the best odds for every bet so you'll always get the best value and our dashboard or at least theirs is the only one-stop shop to track all of your fantasy matchups dfs picks 
and bets. Visit Better Vision, B-E-T-T-O-R, vision.us to download Better Vision today. I've loved using that. Uh, you know, we, we don't have to like do a plug, but I, I found that to be very successful in a lot of situations too. Factoring in the prize pick stuff would be great, but otherwise, uh, if you're in a state that I can actually gamble, that's where Better Vision has been uh, really impactful for me. So, mm-hmm. uh, Or if you're just like 40 minutes from the border of a state yeah. that uh, <laughs> yes. actually yes. wants my tax money and not the state of Wisconsin, but anyway. <laughs> yes, good point, Jake. Uh, let's also get a word from our sponsors, Rival Fantasy. If you're looking for a place to play head-to-head uh, fantasy football games without the huge tournaments, salary caps, or complicated game times, then Rival Fantasy is where you want to play this NFL season. From a twist on a classic game with Fantasy Bingo, where players generally a lineup to complete achievements and get bingo to a head-to-head fantasy challenge where you pick which of two players score more fantasy points than the other well this is the best version of fantasy football i'm sorry fantasy sports too for the 2023 nfl season rival fantasy is offering new users a 200 200 deposit oh my goodness a 200 deposit match plus a 25 first play voucher rival fantasy is so confident you'll love the experience they're giving you money to play Right out of the gate, experience the future of fantasy sports on Rival Fantasy and become a rival today. All right, so I want to talk about wide receivers. We had mentioned, obviously, Puka Nakua as one of the top ones. He's only rostered in 77% of leagues. That needs to be 100. Uh, I don't care if you're in your 14 league. Puka Nakua is starting so long as Cooper Cup is out. So keep it in mind. We had talked about Rashid Shahid, Allen Robinson, Josh Reynolds, Kendrick Bournes all last week. Uh, I want to actually start. I know on our score sheet we have yeah, I, that I, well. these three are all pretty equal in my eyes, and they all um, have some. Uh, they all have some things that uh, there. There are three or there are four names that are or five names, I guess, that I wrote down. And the first four are all pretty interchangeable. But like, if you need a receiver or are just trying to make your roster better with backup bids, these are some of the guys you want to look at. I, I was going to start with one that I actually add to the uh, list, and that was Josh Reynolds, receiver for the Lions, mm-hmm. and of course was a Ram when Jared Goff was a Ram. They had a connection then. Still have a connection now. I think he's at over close to 200 receiving yards or near that point. But for for me, more importantly, Amon Ross St. Brown uh, left Sunday's game. Again, the loss to the Seahawks. They, they, being the Lions, said it was a cramp or cramps. That's why he was leaving. But it was since reported, or at least I think it's alluded to. I don't know if the Lions have officially confirmed it. We'll see Wednesday. He's dealing with turf toe. Now, Terry McLaurin dealing with turf toe as well, too. He's been playing through it totally fine. Got the touchdown catch against the Broncos in, the, uh, in their win. That's a tough injury. And you have Jameson Williams still suspended for another month yet. Uh, Khalif Raymond is there as your speed threat. You have Sam Laporta, who's been a great intermediate mm-hmm. target. Sam Laporta I mean, like, definitely getting, should be getting bumped up here, too. You know, he's 65%, yeah. but, you know, with the, with the status of where tight ends are, he needs to be closer to 100%. I, I think Josh Reynolds actually might be my favorite uh, receiver target, even without speculating on Amon Ross St. Brown's mm-hmm. injury. He has been automatic for an offense that has been pretty darn automatic as well, too, no. through two weeks. Yeah, no, you're right. Josh Reynolds is actually only 14% rostered in Yahoo leagues. I didn't have him down originally because I know we touched on him the week before, but there's definitely new circumstances that make um, that make the situation. Yeah, I missed the. I, I had kind of seen something about turf toe, but the first thing I saw was cramps, so there were conflicting reports. If yeah, if Amonra is going to be slowed down in, in any sense of, of uh, you know the way, and and they're missing one of their running backs, they're just down guys on offense here, um, and. I still think they're going to be capable. So that means probably a lot of targets for Josh Reynolds. And I, I can get on board because each of these other three guys we're going to talk about has at least one red flag or one issue that, um, that you know, I can't say the same with with Reynolds. Yeah, the other thing, oh, the other thing I want to say is you did mention Jamison Williams. It's tough to stomach this, but, you know, if this turf toe thing is going to be nagging for, um, for Amonra, I 
would see if someone cut Jameson Williams and if you can stomach rostering him for another couple of weeks. Yeah, it's just hard, especially if you don't get uh, injured reserve qualification for somebody who's suspended. Which to, you to don't have... in the majority of formats, right. I believe. Definitely right. can That's... in my Yahoo League, which I think is right. Right, um, yeah. I, I would have a hard time with that, but I think Josh Reynolds right now is a wide receiver three or flex play, uh, especially with all the running backs injured. Theoretically, you're moving them up in your starting lineup. Uh, you have to find a replacement. I think Reynolds... In against the Falcons this week, obviously in a dome, so Jerry Goff should be fine. Looks like a quarterback when he plays in a dome. That's that's huge. So I, I like Josh Reynolds as probably my favorite target. That being said, Tutu Atwell it has been getting an enormous amount of targets as mm-hmm. well for the Rams. Again, they play the Bengals, who could be without Joe Burrow. We don't know. But either way, that Rams offense has not been able to effectively move the ball on the ground, even though Kyron Williams has been a goal line beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua, I think it's going to be uh, 2-2 that loses out if and when Cooper Cup returns. Sure. But you still have two more weeks of a guy that's been getting 10-plus targets a game. Yeah, obviously 15 for 147 for Puka can't be ignored. But um, what he's doing is overshadowing what's been a very productive stretch from 2-2 Atwell. And, of course, I mentioned, you know, there's a red flag with each and every one of these guys, right? It's that he's wide receiver two now and what happens when Cup comes back. Uh, But 2-2 Atwell, more snaps. Than Puka, uh, that's a ninety-five percent to eighty-five percent. Color coding makes it harder to see here. I gotta, I gotta zoom in here. Um, and then uh, let's see. And, and then the route run percentage: Tutu's ninety-six percent, Nakua is eighty-four percent. So theoretically, these two should be a little bit closer in production than uh, than what they currently are. And Tutu's still productive: seven for seventy-seven, and he even got a carry this week. So you can't ignore him. Um, he is playable in leagues where you have to. And I know there, yes. are, there are, you know, Deontay Johnson and Cooper Cup and guys. There are people that were, you know, that were just stuck with wide receiver injuries. It's not quite as much as uh, running backs this week. But uh, there, there's, uh, there are definitely scenarios in which uh, Tutu Atwell squeaks into the lineup. I'm rostering him in the 12-team league, not quite starting him, but not quite ready to drop him until I see what his role is when Cup comes back. Yeah, I, I think if you were to say I like Tutu more than Josh Reynolds, totally understand. I like both of them. Uh, and both have plenty of viability, especially if you are in need of a flex or wide receiver three in full point PPR leagues. Then there's Tank Dell, who it's interesting. He's 5'7", um, a little bit underweight as well, too. But if the Texans offense is going to be in situations where they're trailing, and even though Will Anderson's been a great addition to that defense, the Texans just aren't a good team yet. That's okay. Then Nico Collins and Tank Dell and Robert Woods all have some fantasy value because it's not Davis Mills throwing the ball anymore. C.J. Stroud has looked semi-competent. Mm-hmm. I, I have Tank Dell a step below all three of these guys, and I'm playing in deeper leagues where I still wouldn't consider him. Mm-hmm. There's going to be someone that likes Tank Dell more than I do. Yeah, But he's, yeah, he's exactly. a good enough asset. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, the red flag here is that he's the second wide receiver on the Texans and a clear second re- receiver on the Texans uh, with a rookie quarterback, who I mentioned earlier in the show doesn't actually look that terrible this year. Right. C.J. Stroud's been looking okay, moving the ball relatively well. What's interesting here is uh, Nico Collins, who's obviously been the most productive. He's on, he's creeping into must-start territory oh, yeah. for your fantasy mm-hmm. leagues here. Um, it's actually Robert Woods that sees the most snaps out of all the receivers. And number two is Tank Dell at 78% last week. Well, Collins was only at 62%. And Tankdale also ran uh, four more routes than Nico Collins here and three less routes than Robert Woods. So that's interesting. Tankdale actually led the team in targets with 10, too. So that's the thing, too. Ended up with seven for 72 and a touchdown. Um, I would imagine that this will be one of his better games and it's all said and done, but he definitely warrants a mention on the show. Absolutely. Uh, and then another rookie, Jaden Reed, stepping up with his two touchdowns in that loss to the Falcons. The Packers have been able to scheme guys openly – 
uh, and effectively in the red zone and kind of like short situations, but not third and ones because we have to make sure A.J. Dillon trips over himself in every <laughs> third and one scenario moving forward. Absolutely. I, I, I like Jaden Reed, and I thought he kind of popped in the preseason as well too, and now he's doing it against real NFL starters. But there does become a point. Jordan Love hasn't attempted, what, more than 25 passes in a single game. If and when Aaron Jones comes back, I would imagine they pass even less. Christian Watson's return doesn't mean they pass more. It just mm-hmm. means they have a bigger shot at a big play. So I, I get a little bit concerned about Jaden Reed, and I think even in deeper leagues, mm-hmm. it's a little bit tougher for me to, to so stomach rostering him. The speculation that I saw is that when Watson comes back, maybe Reed plays an equivalent or greater amount of snaps than Dobbs because, in theory, the Packers have more draft capital invested in Jaden Reed, right? But I don't think that's quite the correct narrative here that we should be following here because uh, we know the chemistry between Love and Dobbs uh, in, in the red zone and yeah. just in in general. And there was, I believe there was a Dobbs throw that Love missed where there was a complete busted coverage that yeah. would have been an easy touchdown at the end of that game. You can play what if all you want. Uh, Reed is explosive. They design plays for him. That's great. He will still have a couple of plays designed, but I still think it's Watson 1, uh, Dobbs 2. And then don't forget here that uh, Luke Musgrave is out on the field for 87% of the snaps running routes on 80 as a route rate a route run rate of 89 percent here uh musgrave actually ran more routes than both dobbs and reed last week yeah. which is the funny which is a funny thing um which you know we'll hit when we get to tight ends you only had like three and a half fantasy points last week but if you're following these numbers uh he's definitely gonna pop one of these weeks in the in the situation here but we'll get to that in a bit reed is a playmaker i put it on there but again the red flag with dallas he's a texan the red flag with atwell is he's uh what happens when cup comes back the red flag with reed is uh does he have the same value after christian watson returns and and that's tough but i still think he's worth a bench spot over a lot of guys here um, you know, I put a couple drops on the list, but we can quite. We, I want to hit a wild card real quick too. But uh, any anything else on on Jaden Reed? I mean, we can talk. Yeah, about well, him I just was gonna say for people that are struggling to understand the concept of Reed, think about a, a, a Packers Aaron Rodgers offense that w- with Aaron Rodgers injured, right? Like kind of like last season where he's he's just not passing as much, or mm-hmm. if he is, they're they're very short throws. So if he has forty attempts, your average depth of target or throw is like seven and a half yards, whatever. Yeah. Reed actually didn't it, it, get a carry this week either. Yeah. It, it It's like the Randall Cobb guy in that offense. So great. Uh, not quite the first down machine that Randall Cobb was because he had that innate connection with Aaron Rodgers, but they would have some schematic things where Randall Cobb could get open. Uh, he's got good big playability when he has the ball, but you're not focusing on Randall Cobb in the same way you're not doing that for Jaden Reed too. So I think that's my that's the way I would go ahead and uh, structure it if you're trying to understand what that looks like in this new era of Green Bay Packers football. Go ahead and mention your wild card, Jake. Uh, I I threw Jalen Hyatt out there because he made a couple of big long plays uh, in the comeback against Arizona. And so far, I mean, you know, the Giants offense isn't great. The thing with the Giants offense is that their receivers, they all look the same on paper, right? So there's room for one of them to emerge here. So Jalen Hyatt is one of my very cheap bench stashes in one of my leagues that I can afford it, hoping that he turns into uh, somewhat of a keeper here. So, um, yeah, he's only 12% rostered. You can do worse. Uh, you know, I would drop Van Jefferson for him. I would consider dropping um, Rashad Bateman. You know, it gets really close here. Um, Odell Beckham got injured in that Ravens game, uh, and I don't – it sounds like mm-hmm. it's not actually a good injury. Like, or uh, not, yeah. No injury is good, well, yeah. but, like, 
he could miss some time. So I'm not giving mm-hmm. up Bateman just yet. Yeah, um, Bateman's had a Jefferson. tough time. I, I didn't realize that he had a Liz Frank injury last year that I, somehow that slipped. And he, just coming back from it, he's not quite the same yet. So maybe he gets it, gets it going eventually. But, uh, you know, I still think Mandrews is the wide receiver one there. And uh, I'm definitely losing some faith in Bate, Bateman and, and love what I've been seeing from Jay, Zay Flowers, um, you know, on the side here. Alec Pierce is also playing a ton, but it's not turned into a ton of productivity. I don't know what's what's going on with Richardson. Richardson also left the game, I believe, with, with the, the concussion, concussion. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what's uh, we'll see what's going on there. Here, it was a thin week for wide receivers, far thinner than last week. It was definitely the running backs that we focused on uh, this week here. But no, I, I kind of like Jalen Hyatt. He's um, he's he's one of those guys that uh, could be in for a late season emergence. Maybe not quite of Justin Jefferson caliber, but uh, he was the leading receiver here. This the targets uh, didn't look great here, and the uh, amount of snaps isn't great yet either. But perhaps the uh, production this week and his help could uh, lead to them giving him more opportunities. It's a spec ad. There's a few tight ends I think that could actually be added as well too. I want to get to that before. Uh, we do so word from our sponsors, Vivid Seats. Kick off the NFL season with Vivid Seats and score tickets to all the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Catch every pass, every tackle, and every heart-pounding play of your favorite team live and in person. And with Vivid Seat Rewards, now you earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you get buys you, uh, gets you closer to your reward. Buy 10 tickets, then cash in your credit toward your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. Plus, Vivid Sports is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with promo code ROTOWIRE. That's code R-O-T-O-WIRE from the 50-yard line to the upper deck. Vivid Seats has great tickets for all the 2023 games that matter to you. Just visit, just visit Vivid Seats, vividseats.com or download the app today. So last week, we had talked about Zach Ertz, a tight end. Adam Troutman with Greg Dulcich down injured reserve. We've mentioned Logan Thomas. Well, he goes against the Cardinals. Uh, Durham Smythe for the Dolphins as well, too. Hunter Henry was in that equation, playing plenty of time for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. It's a returning guy that we mentioned last week that I think becomes the top pickup for tight ends. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, Hunter Henry is at 56% right now. I think it's back-to-back weeks now with 50 yards and a touchdown. So I would argue that Hunter Henry might be the top mm-hmm. pick, tight end pickup if he's out there, which he's barely missing our threshold, so I have to mention him. He was out there for 92% of snaps and had an 87% route run rate, which is, uh, you know, I think it was – somewhere in the means of a 20% bump over uh, Mike Zisicki in both categories. There. Mm. So I think we have one guy who's standing out as the fantasy option in New England with a carousel of receivers. I mean, Devontae Parker's returned, basically kicked Kendrick Bourne uh, down to the curb now, but uh, the tight end position seems solid, solid there. But the number two target for me is someone who is far more readily available, someone that we're finding is not so available in our deep dynasty yeah. leagues, yeah. in Scott Fishbowl, in... You know, a variety of industry leagues, but Zach Ertz is only 11% in your average Yahoo league here. He has a 29, now this isn't a route rate percentage stat, this is a target share. 29.5% of his <laughs> of the Arizona Cardinals targets are going to Zach Ertz. My big, I mean, I think everyone's big worry about Ertz going into the season was that he wasn't quite going to be uh, healthy after suffering that injury later on last year. He somehow recovered. He's back out there. He's ready to go, um, averaging nine targets a game. He's tight end eight in PPR. And I, I put on here just to, as a joke to coach to quote Coach Prime. Do you believe now, Joe? Because I know we were a little skeptical early on. No, but it's still my answer. Yeah, no, it's still the answer here. I am going to. I mean, geez, you got to start Ertz over Kyle Pitts at this yes, point. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, these. Are- I'm starting Ertz over Pitts, Fryermuth, maybe mm-hmm. even Dallas Goddard. I mean, like that. That's. It was those tight ends seven through ten that you're like, oh, one of them is going to pop. I made a bet yep. with Alan Slazowski that one of them is going to pop over Darren Waller. He gave me the field of those three over 
Darren Waller. I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is an easy one. I look so stupid. Uh, Alan, I can pay you right now if you're listening. I apologize. Uh, you were so right. I was so wrong. I can't believe that none of these three guys have really made much of a difference. And I think Zach Ertz does become uh, the starter. I would play Sam Laporta over those guys. I don't know about Musgrave yet, but getting close. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's been really, really brutal if you chose to. I mean, not that you've had a lot of success with George Kittle either. Hawkinson mm-hmm. was awful week one, got the touchdowns in week two here. Uh, you know, it's it, the tight end position is just tough overall, which was our whole point. But Zach Ertz is going to be available on the wave wear and gets the eight points of PPR. That probably mm-hmm. is top five every single week yep. moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I mean, it's 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 not just he's out on the field and he's running routes. It's uh, production, too, which is uh, something that, like, you know, I, I have to throw Luke Musgrave on here again because he meets our threshold at 24%. I know the production hasn't 100% followed, but someone, you know, he's Musgrave is almost out on the field and running more routes than, than Ertz. I mean, it's, it's tough to compare these apples and oranges, but, like, you look at someone like Musgrave, the, the production hasn't quite followed you know what the what the model says he should be doing quite yet. Yeah, Ertz meets those expectations, which is why he is uh, one of the top pickups and guys above our threshold here. Um, you had some interesting uh, deep flyers here, and I think we should definitely hit them because uh, I mean I'm not going to lie, I picked up Durham Smythe and Fishbowl, and he had 10 points on my bench, which is better than some of the people yeah. that I started here. So uh, let's so talk about really some deep. Good. There's two tight end leagues. There's two PPR double PPR for yep. tight end leagues. Let's hit a couple uh, flyers here. Yeah, the Durham Smythe one's actually pretty good. Again, Dolphins tight end. You always think about Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle's in concussion protocol. We'll see if he does play. Uh, but he's getting a lot of targets, and I think for that offense, it makes sense. I had uh, first mentioned Donald Parham, at least on our score sheet here. And we talked about him a little bit last week. He got the touchdown. He had three catches for 21 yards. You wouldn't think after, I think he only got one catch in the loss to the Titans, that you want to go ahead and pick up Parham. I'm just putting on your guys' radar right now mm-hmm. that he ended up having more uh, snaps than Gerald Everett, who is yep. thought to be the starting tight end for the Chargers. He had three catches for 47 yeah. yards. Stone Smart, their third tight end, also got 22 snaps. He had a big play. There's at least one play per game where the Chargers will scheme mm-hmm. up a deep shot to the tight end. Justin Ever- yeah. Justin Everett, Justin Herbert, for whatever the reason, is really good at hitting those uh, intermediate to deep shots to tight ends. Parham is far more explosive uh, six foot eight, like, and, mm-hmm. and has been a capable Yeah, the Chargers guy, you've always, you definitely always had a thing for Parham. Well, the thing is, is like, is he really all that different from Jawan Johnson at this point? You know, and people are keeping Jawan Johnson and overlooking Parham, right? Right. When maybe, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're really splitting hairs here when we're talking about these two in the rankings, but, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, I think they're with similar. the way the Saints are using Taysom Hill at this point, they are pretty similar, but one is going to be your starting tight end for the Chargers at some point in the season, the par, right. and provided, again, he stays healthy, and might phase out Everett. Everett's still going to play, but I think there's a point where Parham, especially if you're in deeper leagues, like I would say right now, Jake, in your Scott Fishbowl, you should consider Parham because that system, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's either one and a half points per mm-hmm. reception for tight ends or some weird stuff with with touchdowns or first downs. Like I think Parham actually is a mm-hmm. really interesting name. The yeah. other one, and I'm thinking about this specifically in the – uh, Rotoware Online Championships. I was looking at a guy to replace Kyle Pitts. Kylan Granson, starting tight end for the Colts. They use their tight ends a lot. I'm not worried uh, if Richardson weren't to play, if there's going to be a downgrade. The only issue is they have a lot of tight ends and they all kind of do the same thing. And you don't need one to do better than the other. But Kylan Granson, when healthy, has been consistently the guy. And I put that in quotes because it's a negative for the Colts. Uh, three catches, 15 yards, mm-hmm. and a touchdown last week. I think he's in consideration too. I might play him 
over Kyle yeah. Pitts this week. It, it, my thought has always been Grant's in between the 20s, Mo Cox in the red zone there, right? Yep. And, and, you know, then we have to see what happens there. But uh, I don't know. Grantson was decent in, in, in the snaps and routes, uh, significantly more than Mo Cox or Will Mallory here. Um, not really getting much for air yards, but, you know, a red zone target, it's certainly possible for him. Um, I, I, I'm totally okay with that. Uh, yeah, I hear you there. Um, I will tell you that, uh, you know, you have some drops on this list. And I have Mike Michael Mayer in Fishbowl, and he's yep. very close to. Uh, I'm picking up Parham over Mayer for that example. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean uh, Mayer only had one target, and it was a two yard gain this past yep. week here. I don't, I don't, not confident enough that they're ready to use him or want to use him in the way that some fantasy managers were expecting. So he's definitely on the drop list. Austin Hooper, I agree with you on that drop list. I might still be willing to wait out Irv Smith. It kind of depends on Joe Burrow. You know, if we end up with Browning as the quarterback for multiple weeks, I'll probably drop Irv Smith. Um, and then Juwan Johnson I'm hanging on to in a 14-team league, but uh, anything less than that, he can definitely be on the chopping block. I had wrote down I would rather have Zach Ertz and Kylan Granson and Luke Musgrave over Chiggy Konkwu, Noah Fant, Dawson Knox, Cole Komet, Dalton Schultz. I wanted to specify the language. I'd rather have them over than those guys. You could cut them. I think it, it may be a bit aggressive for a few of them. But that doesn't mean you have to. Like, mm-hmm. There might be better roster spots to cut. And I think a perfect example actually was uh, a comment that just happened here. Would you drop Fryermuth or Nujoku for Jerome Ford? And that's really tricky. Fryermuth hasn't been super involved. Matt Canada as an offensive coordinator is awful for the Steelers. Nujoku got, I think, either four or five receptions last night, had the fumble, didn't do a whole lot. Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. doesn't look good. Like all these guys, tight end seven through 13 are just yeah. gross. Yeah, it's welcome to my world. I've got, I took, I punted tight end, took Njoku and uh, Juwan Johnson in a fourteen or a sixteen team where it is actually not great. Uh, so that'll be interesting here. I, someone mentioned Kate Otten, and I kind of overlooked him, but he was out on the field for ninety seven percent of snaps and ran routes on seventy nine percent of those, uh, you know, passing plays. So, and he ended up with six for forty one. That's not nothing. You know, it, it's not. Uh, real quick, tee up the streaming QBs because there's a few questions people have that I want to yeah. uh, have set for Yeah, we should definitely do an show. overall recap here at the end for yes. anyone that joined us late. I'll quick hit streaming defenses. Uh, Chiefs, last night when I wrote this down, uh, the Chiefs were my first choice and the 39% rostered at home against the Bears with Chris Jones back. I also looked, and, you know, you're looking ahead for another week. They get the Jets next week, which, uh, you know, Zach Wilson Jets always going to present opportunities. And that uh, – that, that, uh, Hunch was confirmed with our streaming defenses article on the site today, as well was matched with our number two, the Seahawks, 8%. Kind of had a rough go of it against the Lions last week with their home against Carolina, who, I mean, I know they, Carolina had the Saints, but they really struggled to move the ball here. Their running game doesn't look all that solid, and they, they don't quite have an identity yet. So the Seahawks are up there too. Also, I know we recommended Stroud and Tank Dell and talked about them in the Houston offense not looking Quite as bad as they as we thought they would, but as bad as they but not as bad as they thought they would we would isn't the same as about as not outside of the bottom ten defenses if that right. point may, makes any sense at all. The Jags seventeen percent are home against Houston. All Missed home teams four again. starting offensive linemen last week against the, the Ravens, and I don't think that changes. Maybe Laramie Tunsil is back for the Texans, but four mm-hmm. offensive linemen is really tough uh, to overcome. Yep, I'm right there with you here. So yeah, that's what we had for streamers here. Although again. I didn't see any huge red flags with matchups, so uh, um, you probably don't have to stream exactly. But uh, let's get to questions here and, uh, and 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 recap our Jerome Ford, Kyron Williams situation one last time at the end. Yeah, I, I don't want to spend too much time on questions, but we had a few good ones. So this one, uh, Ryan asks, I have Jalen Hurts and DeAndre Hopkins. He's considering trading them for Jay, uh, for Justin Herbert and Mark Andrews. 
the reason he would do that, trade Hopkins, is that he also has Debo and Mike Evans. I think I take uh, I would take the Herbert and Mark Andrews side in mm-hmm. that equation. I need a little context on your tight end situation, but for a lot of people, Mark Andrews solves that tight end situation, yeah. and not having to worry about a carousel of tight ends might be worth it. Um, just enough here, you know. I'm not exactly worried about Jalen Hurts; he hasn't lit the world up, but it's not like he's been particularly poor either. So, and he's still going to continue to get those red zone six pointers. So. Um, it's, it's not it's not super far apart for me, but I'm fine doing that just to solidify tight end. So this is one of those uh, Dwight Schrute, we're going to trade up things, uh, but reverse. So would you trade CeeDee Lamb off his big game, obviously in the win over the Jets, and Darren Waller for Kyron Williams, Alvin Kamara, Zach Moss, and Mark Andrews? Ooh, again, this solves the tight end situation, so that's big. But it feels like you're putting together a lot of other unknown scraps on top of that for a clear wide receiver one. And my gut is whenever it's close, I take the side with the best player and the best player is C.D. Lamb by a mile. Yeah, I, I lean towards your direction as well, too, uh, with C.D. Lamb, although there might well, be I think Waller is going to be serviceable. I'm not quite sure yeah. that it's going to be too far of a downgrade to from Waller or from Andrews to Waller. I had answered this question a little bit earlier, Jake, but I guess I'm curious. So this is not PPR. Of the three guys rest of the season, who do you want? Drake London, Nico Collins, or Jacoby Myers? Again, not PPR. Um, Non-PPR. Yes. Okay, because I was going to say Nico Collins immediately. Non-PPR makes it a little bit closer, but I still think Nico Collins. I think so, Nico Collins, too. I I mentioned just also pick up Drake London, and you could drop somebody Mm -hmm. else uh, instead, and I think that's what the user chose to do. But uh, Nico Collins is going to be one of those guys that maybe you can get cheap this week, and that's it. Like, I don't think there's any more points where you're going to be able to get mm-hmm. Nico Collins uh, cheap. So Yeah, I was talking to my buddy about, like, guys that have been around the league for a while and kind of had a later career breakout. It's not super common, but, like, it happened to Tyler Lockett kind of, I guess you could say. Um, we might see something similar with Nico Collins here. Uh, real quick, I guess somebody asks your thoughts on when the leash comes off for Brees Hall. I actually would have thought uh, following week one when he looked really good, had those uh, long runs against the Bills in that upset win, that Brees Hall be more involved, and then just nothing at all. I think the Jets kind of recognize pretty quickly into that game against the Cowboys, we have no shot. Uh, and you would have a better shot if you used Brees Hall, so it's it's counterintuitive. But they might have just wanted to be like, all right, let's just play it safe in games so yep. we have a better opportunity. He looked like a must-start every week, week one, and then week two, granted, he plays one of the better real-life and fantasy defenses in the league. Um, he was still only out there for a third of the team's snaps overall, which – wasn't that much less than Delvin Cook, um, and neither of them were particularly productive in any sense of the way. Real quick before we uh, put a bow on the Jerome Ford and Kyron Williams discussion, do you keep Saquon Barkley, knowing at minimum he's missing three games, according to the Giants, or take James Conner, who's been offered to them? So I James keep... Conner's been very productive for the Cardinals. He is healthy right now, uh, and you're assuming that Barkley is going to miss at close to a month at minimum. Well, I'd throw 80% of your budget on on Ford or Kyron Williams, and then if that doesn't work, you can think about it, but it depends how desperate you are. Uh, if everything's even and you have a somewhat serviceable starter, I still probably hang on to Barkley because Connor's, Connor's on a team that's just as terrible, if not worse. And, and Connor's know, an injury, injury risk happen. in the same vein that Saquon Barkley is. Like You might have plugged that hole for one game, and then that happens as well. I, I have been uh, staying away from James Connor. Obviously, it's bit me in the butt for the past two weeks. It will even out. I mean, that, that's just the course of James Conner's career is it will even out uh, for fantasy managers. All right. We had a few people ask, like, hey, uh, Kyra Williams or Jerome Ford, waiver wire. We have said 
we'll pick up Kyron Williams because we know he has a starting role. We don't know for certain Jerome Ford does. However, we both believe he should and that he will. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not a situation of I want Kyron over Jerome Ford. It might be I want both of those running backs. Yes, exactly. And to reiterate, a lot of it is if they were going to sign Kareem Hunt, why hasn't it happened yet? Uh, and and two, I don't think that there's actually as much interest out there in Cameron Akers as the Rams would like people to believe. So there's a slight chance that they don't add the depth that everyone assumes that they're going to. And I think that that risk enough is to, like we said, what we said, a minimum, keep him honest, don't need him bid is 35% of your fab just to make see if you can catch any other owners sleeping. If you're a... Um, if you're a Barkley or a Chubb owner, that probably has to go up to 60%. And there will definitely be some leagues out there where he goes for 80% or greater. No doubt yeah. in my mind. And it's still it's still Williams over Ford. And you throw uh, – I'll just, I'll just run this back again because you need short-term starters here, right, no matter what. So you throw far lower backup bids on guys like Matt Breida, Tony Jones, Craig Reynolds, guys that have uh, better opportunity for one week, one to three weeks, I would say. It goes Tony up. Jones, Brita, then Craig Reynolds for me again. Saints facing the Packers. I'm assuming, let's just assume Jamal and uh, the Kendra Miller are out. Then I want Tony Jones in a better matchup than Matt Brita on Thursday night against the 49ers. That, that's mm-hmm. where I am ranking those. And you'll have a bit of an update as of Thursday as to what's happening with the Saints backfield. So you could possibly have to make the decision day of Brita Thursday or Tony Jones, you should know by Thursday what's happening with the Saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, that's a good way to sum it up, how to handle it this week. Yeah, I mean, we covered a lot. Obviously, the Jerome Ford news was big, uh, certainly was big last night as well, too, for the Browns. As a person who enjoys watching football and watching Nick Chubb play, I want him to get better. I would love to not have to hop onto these podcasts every Tuesday and talk about this game-breaking injury that occurred Monday night. Not sure that's going to happen, though, because we got another two two for slate of Monday night games next week. Uh, two more chances, I guess, or one more chance for more crippling injuries to occur. Uh, let's just hope for some better days ahead from a fancy perspective. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all, I, thoughts out to Nick Chubb, man. I really hope that uh, yeah. he can somehow come through. But this is a will-he-walk-normal again injury, not when when will he come back to be playing football. That was uh, it was gruesome, almost Will McGay he likes. So, and as someone who I very much enjoyed watch play over the years, yep. a bright spot on this Browns team, you know, we wish the guy the best here. But, of course, unfortunately, our job is to talk about the fallout of these situations sometimes, and hopefully we set you guys up all right to do that today. Yeah, we, we end on a somber note, uh, but certainly wishing the best for Nick Chubb. Uh, and, yeah, Nick Chubb out there for certain. So, all right, that is for us. We'll be back in next Tuesday talking more waiver wire pickups. Best of luck for your lineups.